0: Good afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. Well, the Ivy League has taken a page from the Oregon playbook, and they just can't stay out of the news when it comes to their horrible leftist policies. Their horrible, destructive leftist policies that continue to destroy education, and Oregon's right there behind them. The Ivy League in Oregon just refuses to stay out of the news. They want the world to know that their leftist programs are despicable and we're going to talk about it we're going to we're going to shine some truth on it today you're listening to the dean's list i'm dean bowen thank you for joining us on america out loud talk radio well uh columbia it, it is columbia university and uh you know what they uh, they just continue to uh they continue to rack up points and and not not in a good way Columbia continues to rack up points. Jewish billionaire and philanthropist Henry Swaika—I don't, Henry—I don't know if I'm pronouncing your last name correct. He's quit the board of Columbia University's business school, citing the Ivy League school's quote, "moral cowardice on anti-Jewish sentiment." Moral cowardice. Another billionaire has just pulled himself from an Ivy League school board. Swika slammed Columbia for allowing pro-Hamas students to march on campus and said he must make a clear and principled stand regarding recent events. To my deep regret, the reputation and integrity of Columbia University and, by extension, Columbia Business School have been significantly compromised by a moral cowardice that appears beyond repair. Yeah, it is uh, beyond repair. A moral cowardice beyond repair. That is a, that's a phrase that I like. I think it's a phrase that we're going to start using. Moral cowards. He wrote this in an October 30 letter to Dean Costas Maglaras of the Columbia Business School. Swika called the deadly attacks by the terrorist group Hamas on Israel civilians last month deeply revolting, which is true. And it's also deeply revolting that the Ivy Leagues continue to just, you know, allow this uprising to, to occur. On October 7, Hamas launched deadly terrorist attacks. Um, you know, the slaughter of the innocents is it's what it's, you know, come to be known. 1,400 people killed. Statements from the university are meaningless. This is what Swiker wrote. Statements from the university are meaningless when pro-Hamas students march on campus yelling slogans calling for the complete destruction of Israel. And he called it abhorrent. And we documented on Friday that some of the, the top biggest law firms in the country were letting law schools know Hey, you better start telling your students that they're going to have a hard time finding a job if this is going to be their attitude, if this is going to be their approach. And um, now we see here uh, billionaire and philanthropist Henry Swyka quitting the board, quitting the board at Columbia's business school. He continues, the entire Columbia administration has failed to take a strong stance condemning Hamas. An organization whose very charter plainly states its goal to annihilate the state of Israel and Jews worldwide. And of course, Hamas is a declared uh, terrorist organization by our government. So how is it that these universities are allowing students to to continue this demonstration of hatred uh, against a a known terrorist group? Uh, I mean not against, but 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 for. They're they're in promote of uh, they're promoting this this known terrorist group. And the Ivy Leagues are like, ah, you know, I mean it's it's fine. It's fine. We're, we're okay with hatred here on our camp high. We're okay. Yes, their, their their charter plainly states that their goal is to annihilate the state of Israel and Jews worldwide. Sweika continued with blatantly anti-Jewish student groups and professors allowed to operate with complete impunity it sends a clear and distressing message that Jews are not are, are just that Jews are not just unwelcome but also unsafe on campus you're not allowed here and guess what if you're here you're not safe we're coming after you Sweika concluded his letter by saying that given these circumstances He is compelled to disassociate myself from Columbia. Yeah, he's going to disassociate himself. And, you know, he's not the first. and He's not going to be the last. Are the Ivy League's going to wake up? That's the question. Are they going to wake up? Yesterday, uh, Malcolm, on uh, Viewpoint this Sunday, he was interviewing Senator Johnson. And, you know, they're talking about all of this stuff. You know, happening on college campuses. And Senator Johnson said, yeah, hey, you know what? Um, we're not surprised about the uprising on college campuses because of the leftist takeover. There's been a leftist takeover that has been happening uh, for decades. As a matter of fact, Johnson said, quote, the war in Gaza reveals what has been happening on college campuses for decades. This has only revealed it. This isn't um this isn't starting it. You know, this what you know what 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 Hamas did is not creating an uprising as much as it's revealing the indoctrination that's been happening for decades. And Senator Johnson said, all we can hope for now is the eyes of Americans to be open to the truth. And then that's what we're gonna do here we are going to shine the light of truth not only on this show but this entire network our objective is to shine the light of truth on this on this heinous problem and it's now only being revealed that the indoctrination has been happening for decades swika says uh, my resignation is an expression of my deep concern for the direction in which the university is heading and yeah, you know, Swika and others probably should have resigned decades ago. You know, he's concerned about the direction the university is heading, but the, the university has been going in this direction for, for, for a long time. But we're just now seeing it. It's just now being revealed. And I guess the more and more it, it, it becomes revealed, the more people in leadership, the more people with means, the the more people with the ability to do something are going to, they're going to resign, they're going to pull out, they're going to continue to write letters, they're going to continue to uh, put pressure uh, on schools and universities like these top law firms are doing to the law schools, putting pressure on these law schools saying you you better stop producing anti-Semites. And I said it on Friday that Um, other leaders need to rise up. Other leaders need to, to take a cue here to, to start taking notes and we need to start speaking in unison. Those of us who are leaders in our in our fields across this country need to start speaking in unison, not only against the atrocities, uh, atrocities that, that are happening abroad, but against the indoctrination that is happening in our college campuses and in our K-12 schools. We have to start speaking loudly. The article continues. After the letter's release, Columbia Assistant Professor Shia Devidaya, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that last name right, expressed support for the former board member, calling him, quote, brave and honorable and saying Swika resigned in response to the university's refusal to condemn Hamas crimes against humanity. That was a tweet that an assistant professor at Columbia put out. On November 1st, Columbia University's president praised the persistence of students accused of anti-Semitism in the wake of Hamas attacks. This was on Fox News. The Columbia University president, Manoush Shafiq, said in an email to the community, we are grateful for the persistence and perseverance of the students and their families in the face of this harassment. And Fox News is stating that um, this this quote is attributed to students who were accused of being anti-Semitic, that this uh, university president, Columbia President Shafiq, praised their persistence and perseverance of the students and their families in the face of this harassment, what that they were being harassed by, by Israel, that Hamas is being harassed by Israel. And so these students that are anti-Semitic should be praised for their persistence and perseverance. This is the university president at Columbia. Shafiq said the university was establishing a doxing resource group after a nonprofit sent trucks to Columbia's campuses in Manhattan with large video screens that read, Columbia's leading anti-Semites and showed students headshots and names. Oh, so that's what uh, Shafiq is referring to, that these uh, anti-Semites that are being doxed by having their faces shown. That, that they're not being harassed. These anti-Semites uh, that are that are out on, on college campuses, especially here at Columbia, that are supporting Hamas, supporting the atroc, uh, atrocities of Hamas. And the university president is upset because a nonprofit sent trucks to Columbia's campuses in Manhattan with large video screens that read, Colombia's leading anti-Semites. Well, I mean, don't they want to be known for their work? Uh, I mean, they're out here, you know, publicly displaying their love and support for Hamas. You know, don't they want to be viewed as Colombia's leading anti-Semites? Pro-Palestinian protests have cropped up at a number of universities since Hamas's attack last month. Yep, and so this, this article came out on friday right alongside a second article on friday that talks about you guessed it columbia university and this time columbia is doing whatever it can whatever it can to keep the billionaire donors coming mm-hmm. so uh henry swaika is a jewish billionaire and philanthropist uh, obviously he he donates not only his time but I'm sure his money to uh Columbia and you know he serves on their uh, on, on their board of the uh, University's business school and he now uh, announces yep I'm out I'm bailing out. I am gonna resign because of your moral cowardice that same day an article comes out. Uh, Ivy League school shuts down anti-Semitic Palestinian student groups. Shuts it down. Oh, boy. Columbia's got to do something now. They can't afford to lose money. They can't afford to lose billions. They've got to close this thing down. Columbia University announced on Friday, the same day that this article comes out, that Jewish billionaire and philanthropist Henry Swika has quit the board of Columbia University's business school, and probably pulled out his money. That same day, Columbia announced it was banning two anti-Semitic student groups on campus for the remainder of the fall term after they repeatedly violated school rules. All right. So, you know what? Uh, Too little, too late. I'm sorry. Uh, Whatever your name is. What's your name again? Shafiq. Manush, Shafi, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his first name, Manushe, Manusha, I mean, that would be, you know, Dean, you'd be nice. Shafiq is his last name. We're going to just stay with his last name. Uh, you know, too little, too late, Shafiq. All right. It's it's It almost means nothing that the day a, a billionaire philanthropist resigns from one of the boards at Columbia, and probably takes his billions with him. And, th- and then you're going to decide, yeah, let's, um, you know, let's ban two anti-Semitic student groups. I mean, we better do it now because maybe we can maybe we can talk Mr. Swyka into, you know, giving us his money back. Maybe uh, we can talk uh, old Henry to, you know, back into coming on our board at the business school here. And, and maybe we can convince him to g- start giving us his billions again. You know, money talks. Absolutely money talks. Uh, So, uh, Shafiq, I want to call him Rafiki. Shafiq says, uh, we're going to shut down these two anti-Semitic groups. Uh, for Forever? Uh, No, no, not forever. Only for the remainder of the fall term. Okay, so it is November. The fall term, what, ends in about a month. Uh, You know, usually the, the fall term is done you know, the first week in December. So not even a month. Uh, what, two weeks? When you throw in Thanksgiving break, maybe two, three weeks, you're going to shut this group down for two or three weeks? Really? That That's your punishment? Shafiq, that's all you got? Shafiq, for the remainder of the fall term. And, and get this, the, the article says, after they repeatedly violated school rules, they, okay, these two anti-Semitic groups violated school rules repeatedly. I don't know how many times repeatedly is, but if you violate a rule once, I mean, haven't you violated the rule? Uh, shouldn't you, I mean, are you, is is the university required to give a warning at that point? I mean, they violated a rule. Don't they know what the rules are? Um. I mean, I suppose they could give a warning, but if they violated a second time, uh, you know, shouldn't that be, uh, how many strikes are we giving them here? You know, but to uh, apparently violate the rules repeatedly and then let it go unpunished until, until the Jewish billionaire philanthropist pulls out his money and removes himself, resigns from your, uh, from the board of your business school. You're gonna wait, you're gonna wait. On the same day, the news comes out that Jewish billionaire Henry Swika has quit the board of Columbia University's business school and taken his billions with him. Then at that point, uh Shafiq says, Oh man, oh man, we better do something. We uh we gotta do something here. We we just can't let we just can't start bleeding money. Now look, we, we want to keep supporting Hamas, but we can't bleed money. So what what are we gonna do? I know. Let's shut down the anti-Semitic groups for um for the year indefinitely. No, no, let's shut them down just to just the rest of the term. Just two weeks, three weeks, tops. Come on, we'll bring them back in January. I uh all right, okay, all right. Oh, the liberals. Oh, the liberals. Okay, we'll pick it up on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio.
1: World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well being above the interest of big pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune up with Oxy Powder.
0: out loud. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. We are happy to have you along. You can also listen on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or really wherever you Wherever you listen to your podcasts you can find us there or you can listen on the world class media player at americaoutloud.news and again we are we are honored to have you on board today we continue to document the leftist plight of destruction and you know we're talking about Columbia University Uh, And on Friday, this article came out, Jewish billionaire and philanthropist, Henry, I I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Sweika, he's quit Columbia's uh, business school board. He was on their board and he he resigned, citing the university's moral cowardice. (laughs) I just love that. You're moral cowards. That's what you are. You're, you're, you're moral cowards and you're beholden to the almighty dollar because that exact same day, the president of Columbia, Shafiq, uh, the, the university announced on Friday that it was banning two anti-Semitic student groups on campus for the remainder of the fall term after they repeatedly violated school rules. So Shafiq says, mm, no, we got to have some money. We can't We can't have the billionaires pulling out. What are we gonna do? What what I oh I know, I know. Let's um let's just uh let's let's pick two anti-Semitic groups and let's ban them. Uh indefinitely, you know, forever. No, no, let's just ban them to the end of the fall term. Just a couple of weeks, that's all we need. Then we can say we did something. You know, we can get a letter out to uh to Henry, the Jewish billionaire. We can say, look, Henry, uh, we did something. We're we're not cowards. Look what we did here. We are morally astute. We're we're morally impeccable. We're not not cowards morally. No, we're fighting for the cause. Look what we've done. Sorry, sorry, too little, too late. Uh, This article says the private New York City school suspended students for justice in Palestine. That was the first group. And the second group is... Named Jewish Voice for Peace. Oh, see the left—they give themselves titles which uh, are not are not accurate. It's the ex- it's the exact opposite. It is the exact opposite of what they want. Students for Justice in Palestine. You know what that justice is—the death of Israel. Mm-hmm. And Jewish Voices for Peace. You know what that is? This isn't. Uh, th- this is. This is a group that's very uh, anti-Jewish. Their voice for peace? Yeah, they want the death of Israel. These two groups, because that's what the left does. They give themselves names, which are the exact opposite of what they intend to do. The exact opposite of what their purpose is. The exact opposite of what their calling and direction is. We're not buying it. We are taking back the narrative. Taking it back. So uh, Columbia suspends Students for Justice in Palestine and Jewish Voice for Peace as official student groups. So they've suspended them. They are no longer, quote, official student groups in light of their recent actions on campus. Gerald Rosberg, Senior Executive Vice President of the University and chair of the special committee on campus safety. This is what the senior executive vice president had to say. This decision was made after the two groups repeatedly violated university policies related to holding campus events. All right, so look here, uh, Roseburg. This, This decision just seems suspect to us. Okay, the fact that you're making it on the same day uh, Henry Swika announces his resignation from your the board of your business school, and then you say that you're that you guys have come to this decision after repeated violations. Mm-mm, we don't buy it. Repeated, repeatedly violating university policies related to holding campus events, culminating in an unauthorized event Thursday afternoon that pr- proceeded despite warnings and included threatening rhetoric and intimidation. You think this was their only campus meeting that included threatening rhetoric and intimidation? Uh-uh. No, I I, I doubt it. I don't think so. This was on Thursday. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and then Friday, the news comes out that Henry Swaika is quitting the board and pulling his billions. And then on Friday the senior executive vice president of the university and chair of the special committee on campus safety announces that two groups have been shut down. Nope, not buying it. Suspension, so what does suspension mean? All right, they're about to tell us. Suspension means the two groups will not be eligible to hold events on campus or receive university funding. He added, Lifting the suspension will be contingent on the two groups demonstrating a commitment to compliance with university policies and engaging in consultations at a group leadership level with university officials. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that I mean, how do you think that's going to go? Really? Um, You know, they have to. Uh, demonstrate a commitment to compliance all right so they're going to come in and they're going to say yeah we're committed we're going to comply no that's it that that's all or, yeah yeah sure we'll comply and then they have to engage in consultations at a group leadership level with university officials i mean what's that going to look like all right your your leadership officials are are buffoons all right these leadership officials at columbia they're anti-American. Um, you know what? What's that consultation going to be like? I mean, it's going to be, hey, look, if you guys are going to keep doing this, you know, keep it on the down low. Just stop making it public. Just don't do it to the point that the billionaires start pulling out their money. Okay, all right. Because we need the billionaires' money. All right. Because if. Because if we stop getting the billionaire's money, then we can't give it to any of you guys in your group. So come on, wake up, smell the coffee. That's, that's my prediction of that consultation. That's about what that's going to sound like. That's about what that's going to look like. Jewish Voice for Peace. All right, so we have two groups here. We have Students for Justice in Palestine. Then we have Jewish Voice for Peace. According to the article, this is a radical anti-Israel and anti-Zionist activist group that advocates for the boycott of Israel and eradication of Zionism. Accordingly, uh, they add that they have, quote, expressed support for violence and occasionally classic anti-Semitic tropes and that is the jewish voice for peace because on the surface it sounds so pleasant i mean we're jewish and and, and we're voicing we're voicing the need for peace really that, you know that, that that's what this is all about that's what we want here i'm holding another article which says what you need to know about jewish voice for peace hmm. okay In the weeks following the invasion and brutal attacks on Israelis, Jewish Voice for Peace chapters have been active on social media and have sponsored or co-sponsored dozens of anti-Israel rallies across the United States. Huh? In several instances, Jewish Voice for Peace or attendees and speakers at its rallies have expressed explicit support for terror against Israel Or even over anti Semitism. For example, Jewish Voice for Peace DC Metro shared a post on Instagram promoting resistance, uh, promoting Resistance News Network, a radical anti Zionist English language channel on Telegram, and Instagram that promotes violence and terrorism against Israel. October 22nd in St. Louis, organizers routed A march to go by a synagogue. This is ostensibly an infringement on the right of Jewish people to pray without harassment, and an implication that the Jewish community is responsible for Israel's actions. On October 21st, Providence, Rhode Island, Island, at a rally sponsored by uh, Jewish Voices for Peace, several attendees chanted, hey, hey, ho, ho, the Jews have got to go. October 12th in Philadelphia, from speakers at a rally sponsored by Jewish Voice for Peace. Quote, Zionist-based coverage of Israel's slaughter of over 1,000 Palestinians in the past six days by our local news and publication networks. This intentional media blackout on Palestinian resistance in our local media is a part of an organized effort to enable Zionist propaganda machine to dehumanize Palestinians and dispose them of their land. Except, um, you know, t- today we I, I saw this article that uh, the is Iz- Israeli forces were creating a corridor for the Palestinian people to escape Gaza because Hamas wouldn't let them out. And so it's the IDF that has stepped in. And is uh, creating evacuation plans for the Palestinian people. You know, Hamas doesn't want them to leave because then they're losing their 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 shields. I mean, they got to have their 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 human shields, right? Can't be getting rid of them like you know that easy. We got to keep them around, according to Hamas. Students for Justice in Palestine has explicitly endorsed the actions of Hamas and their. and their armed attacks on Israeli civilians, and voiced an increasingly radical call for confronting and dismantling Zionism on U.S. college campuses. Oh, and, and here we are. And here we are in U.S. college campuses all over the country. And yesterday in his interview with Malcolm on Viewpoint this Sunday, Senator Johnson said, we're not surprised about this. We're not surprised about the uprising on college campuses because of the leftist progressive Marxist takeover that's been happening for decades. He said the war in Gaza reveals what has been happening on college campuses for decades. This is nothing new. It's been happening underground and now it's finally surfaced. It's finally hit the boiling point. Uh, You know, it's like we say we, we can look to to the 60s for when prayer and the Bible was removed from school. But really, it, it happened decades prior. It happened underground decades prior. There had to be this, this upswell, and that's what we're seeing now. This eruption of demonstrations on college campuses all over the country. This has been going on uh, on college campi forever. Well, not forever, but for for several decades. Senator uh, Johnson yesterday in his interview with Malcolm said, all we can hope for is the eyes of Americans are open to the truth. And that's what we need. We need the eyes of Americans to be opened to the truth. And, you know, what helps is these law firms writing letters to the law schools saying you better stop producing anti-Semitic kids. They're not going to get jobs. I can promise you that. We've got this uh, Jewish billionaire Henry Swieca quitting Columbia University's business school. Just, I mean, the, the board. He said, "I'm I'm off the board. Me and my billions are out of here." And this is what I said on Friday: We need community leaders on all levels, all over the country, in unison, taking a stand against this horrific Marxist takeover. Well, Dean, I mean, you're, aren't you con- confusing Marxism with with uh, you know, Islamic terrorism? No, no, I'm not. Mm-mm. They share the same goal, the destruction of America. Now, you know, Islamic terrorism wants to destroy Israel as well, but they they chant death to America all day long. Their Their goals are identical. They want to destroy freedom. They want to ruin freedom. They want to ruin prosperity. They want to be in charge. They want to be in control and and this is how they're going to go about doing it uh and and we have to we have to rise up americans have to have a unified voice against it and we need we need an education in our k-12 system that is going to to promote this voice this voice of unity that's going to teach the kids all right what is america truly what is it truly i mean it's not what they're saying it is it's it's not hatred it's not racism it's not the things that they want kids to believe it is no it's freedom and it is uh it it it, the country was founded on on religion it was founded on morality it was founded on unalienable rights and individuals prospering because they had unalienable rights, because they had the freedom to pursue their goals and their dreams. And the only thing that stands in our way as a country, as individuals, the only thing that stands in our way from pursuing our goals and our dreams is ourselves. That's it. It's not our race. It's not, um, it's not our lot in life. It's not our parents. It's us, and it's our mindset. It's our mentality. We we have been blessed by being born into a country that offers us every opportunity and freedom if we're willing to take it. If we are willing to take the opportunities that that have been afforded to us and go after it. You know, there's a movie, Mister Megorium's Wonder Emporium. It's such a great movie, and at the end. The lead character Megorian is, you know, his time on Earth is 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 coming to a close, uh, and he says to to the lead character in the movie, the other lead character, that he wants to pass his legacy on to. Her name is Mahoney, and he says, Mahoney, your life is an occasion. Rise to it. And it's such a simple line, but it's it's the truth. Our, our, our lives are this this occasion that we have, and we need to rise to the occasion in our life. And the only way to do that, the best way to do that is is through a proper belief and understanding that we can achieve whatever we set our minds to because we live in the freest country on the planet that gives us this opportunity. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And I'm not saying there there won't be obstacles and there won't be setbacks and there won't be things in our way and and people that will rise against us and try to stop us. All of that is true. Yes, there are going to be obstacles. There are going to be roadblocks. There are going to be things that happen that distract you or or dissuade you from moving forward or or make you think in the moment that you cannot achieve what you want to achieve. Every single one of those things can be overcome. Every single one of those obstacles can be can be removed. We just have to have the mindset and the perseverance and the stick to to do it. All right, uh, more to come on the other side of this break. We will pick it up then. You're listening to The Deeds List on America Out Loud Talk Radio.
1: This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud.
0: changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight. For the soul of humanity. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. How's everybody feeling? Flu season's right around the corner. How are you doing? Have you have you been to the AmericaOutloud.shop recently? And have you used coupon code OUTLOUD25 to get 25% off of the cofix nasal and throat spray? If you have not, I implore you for your good health to do it. For your good health. Absolutely. Uh, it's part of my regimen, and it has bailed me out twice so far this year. The Cofex, uh nasal and throat spray regimen. I'm telling you, it's kept me it's kept me healthy. So, uh, I you know, I'm just putting it out there. It's just my uh, my non medical, purely anecdotal advice to you to uh, make it part of your regimen. All right. So, I keep referring back to um, Malcolm's interview yesterday, viewpoint this Sunday. He had Senator Johnson on. And if you haven't heard it, you know it's probably in podcast now. Actually, I think on Mondays uh, there's an encore presentation before, um, just before I come on. But of course, I'm on. So if you missed the encore presentation, then I guess you missed it. Uh, it'll be in podcast, I'm sure soon. I, I encourage you go back and listen to it. the The interview that he has with Senator Johnson is it's just enlightening. And Senator Johnson says um, at this point, you know, what we can hope most for is that the eyes of Americans are open to the truth. And that's the whole point of this show. That's that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to shine the light of truth. And it's our objective to shine the light of truth on the state of affairs in education. But really, it it touches everything. Uh, Education touches everything and therefore the light of truth that's shined on education touches everything. Uh, the, the halls of government, business, um, I mean, church. Everywhere you look, uh, education touches it. And we're just going to keep shining the light of truth here. I'm, uh, you know, and I <laughs> I, <laughs> I, keep telling myself, it, it, let's stop going back to Oregon, please. But Oregon, Oregon, like the Ivy League, just will not stay out of the news. I'm holding an article here. I'm holding actually more than one. I don't know how many of these I'm going to get through. This first one says, Portland teachers walk off job shutting schools for 45,000 kids. Now, the last time I checked, this article is from uh, the first part of November. And I've been sitting on it just because I thought, uh, I just, I got to stay out of Oregon. I can't do it. But the last time I checked, teachers are still on strike in Oregon. Uh, the Portland Association of Teachers, and and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because uh, another article that I'm looking at came out yesterday, which has to do with Oregon teachers unions and and the plummeting, educational and academic success in Oregon. So this first article says, the Portland Association of Teachers, which represents more than 4,000 teachers in the area, is complaining about salaries, large class sizes, and not enough resources. Not enough resources, they say. What? What? What's the problem? I mean, don't you have enough... Uh, don't you have enough access to the gender unicorn? I mean, I mean, come on, what other resources do you need in Portland, Oregon? You've got the blooming gender unicorn. I mean, the gender unicorn teaches all things, right? And that's, this is what you're complaining about. You're not getting paid enough. You have too many kids in your classroom, not enough resources. There's not enough stuffed animals of the gender unicorn to go around. You know, what you should be complaining about is the leftist Uh, indoctrination that you're delivering to the students. That's what you should be complaining about. There are no classes during the strike, not even online instruction. So uh, this has been going on for a few weeks and the kids in Oregon are, uh, they're the ones being punished for it. Kids are being punished as well as the parents. Um, uh, You know, they don't have any, place to put their kids so what's happening here you, you know now they've got to find child care oh portland is a mess the teachers union has been bargaining with the district for months after its contract expired in june the union said this is the first time teachers have gone on strike in in the portland school district meanwhile portland public schools claims it does not un- does not have enough funds to give the union what it wants, despite Oregon's record of $10.2 in the K-12 budget for the next two years. Wow. $10.2 That's $5 billion, uh a year. And you don't have enough money to pay. But you know what's expensive? The gender unicorn is expensive. So, I mean, there's that. There you go. Funding has not kept pace with the needs of our students, nor our educators, Superintendent Guadalupe Guerrero said on Wednesday. The district said the union's demands would cost hundreds of millions of dollars more and mean staffing cuts as well. We strive to offer a compensation that attracts and retains talent, Guerrero said. But unlike a private organization, we don't have record profits we can tap into. No, you don't have record profits you can tap into, but you have the deep pockets of the citizens in Portland, Oregon. And and what stops you from tapping into those pockets in the past? I mean, come on. You got tax dollars at your disposal. What stops you, uh, the leftists in Portland, from, from, from raising taxes? Nothing. I mean, I'm not in support of this. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't think, I don't think, the teachers in Portland, Oregon, should be rewarded for doing a poor job. Dean, are you saying the teachers are bad? Nah, I really shouldn't be saying that. I don't know. I don't know the teachers. Uh, you know, but their policies are horrible. Their leftist curriculum is horrible. The fact that they aren't. Providing uh, graduation requirements and, and proficiency testing in math, reading, and writing is horrible. But yet, but but yet, mind you, they uh, they have health standards that include teaching kindergartens, you know, and, and first grader and second graders, you know, which uh, which gender they identify as. I mean, we've documented that. We have uh, we've gone through that in detail. Salary is one of the main sticking points between the district and the union. The district's annual base salary is about $50,000, although the average salary for a Portland teacher is $87,000, according to the district, which is slightly above the median income for a single person in the area. All right. The union has asked for a 20% salary increase over three years. All right, so... What merits a 20% increase though? Have test scores gone through the roof in in Portland? Um, Is is education improving in Portland? You know, are these teachers just throwing down and teaching these kids excellent things that would merit a 20% increase? Uh, The district has offered Uh, about half that much. So apparently the district has offered a 10% increase. All right. And so the teachers are like, nope, we don't want 10. We want 20. We're striking. We don't care where your kids go in the meantime. hmm. Teachers say they are working overtime to handle their workload as students' academic and mental health needs have spiked since the pandemic. The union is asking for more time for teachers to plan lessons. Oh, so you want more money to do less teaching. Oh, we need more time to plan. And I get it. You know, planning is important. But, uh, you know, planning for what? Really, what are you planning for? I think that the parents should demand an overhaul in the uh, in, in the curriculum before they start letting these teachers get more more planning time and more money. On Friday, uh, the district and the union are set to meet with a state mediator and that state mediator meeting didn't go very well because they're still on strike. Declining enrollment is another factor as the Portland district has lost close to 3,000 students since the pandemic. Well, 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 now there's some news. Congratulations to you parents in Portland. 3,000 students have left the district since the pandemic. Uh, that is, I mean, there's some smart people in Portland. There are some smart people that are just fed up with it. We're done. We're tired of it. We're tired of the indoctrination. And we are heading out. Back in September, the Portland Teachers Union threatened to strike over subsidized housing for poor students as well. The teachers' strikes also come amidst cost of living woes this year, especially in bigger cities. All right, so... Teachers are still on strike in Portland, and the kids are not in school. The kids aren't even attending online classes. I mean, you know, where are they going to go? The teachers are striking. No one, no one is available to teach those online classes. All right, so I'm holding another article here. here. This article is entitled, As Student Success in Oregon Plummets, Teachers' Unions Deserve the Blame all right okay now we're getting somewhere uh when it comes to public education in oregon the oregon education association makes a bold promise quote to provide the basic right of great public education to every student this is the teachers union the uh, oregon education association the union's direct involvement in school closures and watering down basic graduation requirements however indicates the opposite. In truth, the Oregon Education Association has played an essential role in the deterioration of Oregon's public schools. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, But they want more money. And they want more prep time. They want more money uh, for less teaching time. And it's their goal to provide the basic right of great public education to every student. Even though, according to this article, the teachers' union has played an essential role in the deterioration of the whole public school system in Oregon. In response to the COVID pandemic, Oregon Governor Kate Brown, whom OEA endorsed, ordered the statewide closure of schools for over a year, and we have documented this here, this buffoonery move. During the first six weeks of Brown's shutdowns, no online alternative was offered to students enrolled in public schools. Holy cow, you got to be kidding me. There was nothing even online? What'd they do? In response, thousands of Oregon families began the process of transferring their children to Oregon's online charter school programs. All right. Okay, so the charter school said, hey, we got you covered. We'll do online classes. That is until the OEA stepped in. Oh, the teachers union stepped in. Yeah. Citing a 2011 law that sets a 3% enrollment cap for students transferring to online education in the state. The union argued that even a one half of 1% increase would redirect $55 million from district budgets. Oh, so we can't have all these kids online because, because the, the, the districts are gonna they're gonna lose 55 million dollars. If all these kids go to charter schools, well then we're gonna lose money. It's it, it's not about education with them, it's about the money. It's just like uh what over there in Colombia. It's not about you know stopping. The Hamas uh, support. It's about stopping the uh, bloodletting of billions of dollars leaving the coffers. That's what it's about. That's what it boils down to. These people, it's not about education. We can't educate these kids online. Why? Why the district's going to lose fifty-five million dollars if we allow this? Ah, Siding with the union, the Oregon Department of Education not only placed a temporary hold on virtual education enrollment, but included all publicly funded online schools and statewide closures despite zero risk of COVID. Oh, you got to be kidding me. The Oregon Department of Education said, if you're a publicly funded charter school and you're only doing it online even, you have to close because of COVID exposure, despite the fact that your kids are online. Oh, man, you poor people in Oregon. And not only in Portland, but in Oregon altogether. Now, the first article is about the Portland teacher strike, but this article covers all of Oregon. And it's saying that the teachers union, the one that's uh, striking in Portland, is to blame for the failure in Oregon. Further, email correspondence reveals that the union not only developed a set of strict standards for return to in-person instruction for the Department of Education, but requested that the state, quote, put pressure on Oregon school districts to adopt similar requirements, preventing students from returning to the classroom. So the union, the teachers union didn't want the kids coming back, and they they developed a set of strict standards for return-in-person instruction and then put pressure on the Department of Education to make sure those standards were followed. The effects of the union-sanctioned school closures continue to weigh down Oregon students. Data from the nation's report card ranks Oregon among the top 10 states in the nation for pandemic learning loss in both reading and in math. And, and, and here's the, the crux of it. This is exactly why Oregon said we gotta we got to stop uh, requiring proficiency testing and reading and math because none of our kids are going to make the cut. None of them are going to graduate. And the reason is because the teachers union would not let the students back in the classroom. Holy cow, you've got to be kidding me. All right. Oh, and look at the clock. I am already out of time. Okay, I am not going to have any time at all to finish this. We're going to have to come back to this tomorrow. I know, I know. Really? We have to go back to Oregon tomorrow? I'm sorry, kids. I'm sorry. We just can't let this one go. We cannot let Oregon get away with this. All right, we have to shine the light of truth on the situations that are happening in this country. Senator Johnson said, it's our only hope is that the eyes of America be open to the truth. And so our job here is to shine that light of truth. It's to open eyes all over the country. It's to open the eyes of what's happening in the in the Ivy League, upper education, and also what's happening in the K-12 all over this country, including Oregon. All right. That's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age.